Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. I'm Adriana Scori, a Canadian Rockies hiking, adventure, and travel mom to my two-year-old Turner and newborn baby Nash, and founder and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick-Eberly, mama to Collins and Deacon. We love exploring between our two homes in Alberta, Canada and Washington State, USA. Today's Kids Who Explore podcast episode is sponsored by Morrison Outdoors, a brand making waves in the world of sleeping bags. Morrison Outdoors has created sleeping bags for children as young as six months and have now added adult sleeping bags to their lineup. You can choose from downer synthetic for your camping adventures with their machine washable sleeping bags. Some of our favorite features include the inverted zipper for easy diaper changes and the enclosed foot box and sleeves. Stay warm and cozy this camping season with Morrison Outdoors. Visit their website now at morrisonoutdoors.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N outdoors.com. Amy started her teaching career in Japan for a year and then came back home to Canada and has been working for Sturgeon Public Schools since. She has been teaching kindergarten for the past 14 years. A few years back, she read There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. And together with another kindergarten teacher and principal, they made a proposal to their school board to run an outdoor kindergarten program. This is now officially their second year of the program. She has two daughters and three stepdaughters, and you can find them skating, sledding, going for walks, exploring new places, playing games in the backyard, and having fires. On top of that, her family is trying to get a thousand hours outside this year. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thanks. I'm so excited to hear you talk about there's no such thing as bad weather because we actually have the author coming on next month. So I want to pick her brain about everything. Seriously? <laughs> yes. So well, I'm really after. Let me know. I'm so jealous. I've read it like three times. <laughs> I love it. I, I actually just finished it. I finished her second book as well, too, which was. Amazing. I just got that for Christmas. <laughs> so good. So what are some things that stood out to you about the book? Um, I think I just love that they think about school and outdoors so differently than we do in North America. Uh, I find in North America, I mean, I'm in Canada, you guys are in the States, but pretty similar. Um, I think we get focused on the academic part and we forget the positive side that being outside and play-based learning has. So it was a, it was a really, really great reminder of that. I loved Um, I love that the book gave us resources to read other books, Um, lots of good suggestions in there, which I have taken from there. Um, And that's actually where our kindergarten program got our name from was in the book. I'm going to butcher this. One of my best friends is Swedish and she has tried so many times to teach me how to say this, but it's free love sleeve, which is the translation is the open air life which is the name of her second book. And so we were trying to come up with a name for this outdoor kindergarten. And we were like, well, we really like that name, but nobody's going to be able to pronounce it. So why don't we just call it open air kindergarten? And so we went with that. And then it was a few days later, I was like, I don't know, writing down stuff for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, our acronym is Oak. And so That was completely by accident that we came up with that. I like was in my classroom. I texted my principal. I was like, have you noticed what our acronym is? And she's like, oh my gosh, it's like, we're a genius. (laughs) But it was very unintentional. (laughs) 
so meant to be. Can you talk a little bit more about the inspiration that you had to propose your outdoor school program? So it actually started because of COVID. So I know COVID has brought us lots and lots of things that we don't love. Um, but this was one of the benefits of COVID. So in the summer of 2020, you know, we were told that we're going back to school in September, uh, but we're going back to school and we can't be near each other and we have to social distance and we have all these protocols. And myself and the other kindergarten teacher I work with, Heather, we're like, well, how are we going to teach kindergarten? Kindergarten is all about socialization and interacting with each other. And, you know, we're going to be going back and inside we have to wear masks all the time. How are we going to see each other's facial expressions? And uh, so Heather and myself and our current principal at the time got together and had a little visit in the summer on our deck. And we're like, hey, well, wouldn't it just make sense to like go outside lots because we don't have to wear our masks when we're outside there's more it, all the research was telling us that it doesn't spread as easily when you're outside and not in recycled air and that naturally kindergarten lends to being outside so we sat around and we talked about it like yep that's how we're going to run our program so that was the fall of 2020 that we unofficially gave it a try and it was just to try and adapt to all the protocols that had been put in place for going back to school from COVID um, and then that fall we were just loving it and so we sat down with our principal and she wrote a proposal to our board and um, to our superintendent to run it officially the year after. And luckily it was um, not only accepted, but it actually runs at another school in our division also. And it's been really, really well received by our community. I love that people have got outside more because yeah. like in all regards, even just hanging out with friends, I find people do gravitate to the outdoors more now in North America, at least. <laughs> I outdoors. completely agree. Yeah. And even my family, like we've been outside more just because that's where you could socialize with other people. So I think COVID brought us lots of bad things, but it also brought us some like really good benefits and maybe like a uh, a return to a bit more simplicity and a little bit more of we don't need to have big fancy adventures. We can have lots of little mini adventures close to home and outside. And, you know, they just bring us just as much joy and value. Yes, absolutely. We always talk about the little adventures. So thank you for sharing that. That's just yeah. that important. Can you tell us about your particular outdoor school program? I know there may be a difference between outdoor schools and forest schools and those kind of yes. concern areas. So forest schools are very specific. You have to go through quite a certification process. We are not a forest school. So we run under a public school division. So we still follow um, the Alberta curriculum. Um, we are still required as the teachers to teach all of the required curriculum. We just do a lot of it now outside. So our program, um, we run two different ways. We have a half-time and a full-time program, but it doesn't really matter which you're in. Both run out of, both run under the outdoor learning premise. Um, and so our, our kind of, I guess you could say our guarantee to parents is we go outside for a minimum of two hours every day. So our kids come to school. Um, if, if our students are in the half-time program, they come to school for full days. 
So from 8.20 till 2.50 in the afternoon, every second day. And if they're in the full-time program, they come full days, five days a week. Um, and then they, so we go outside a minimum of, of two hours a day, but we also have indoor classroom spaces. So I have my own classroom, just like any traditional teacher. So, well, we're in central Alberta, so we have some cold weather. Uh, so on days when we can't go outside because the wind chill is below minus 25, then we have a designated classroom where we can do all of our learning. It's just ours. We don't have to share it with anybody. Uh, and then otherwise we go out for a minimum of two hours a day. And uh, we try to do at least half of that before noon. Um, just through all the research, it talks about like that benefit of having that before noon UV exposure for kids and how good it is just for regulating them for their sleep patterns. We find even for us as teachers, Heather and I find that we are better regulated for our whole day when we start our day outside with them. Um, and then of course, when it's nicer out, um, on even beautiful winter days or in the fall and the spring, we're, we're outside much more than two hours a day. And what kind of age group do you guys have with your school? Is it mostly kindergarten? Our school actually goes kindergarten to grade nine. Oh, it does. Yeah. But the oh. outdoor program is only kindergarten or? It is kindergarten and our, we have um, a great principal who and vice principal who are really, really supportive. So next year they are actually moving it up into our grade one, two, and three classrooms. And yeah. that is going to look like that our grade one, two, and three classrooms on top of recess will be going outside for an additional at least 20 minutes a day to do learning outside, whether that's science, social, however they wanna tie it into their curriculum, that will be left up to the individual teacher, but that's um, a promise that our administration has just made to our families because a lot of them coming out of our kindergarten program are saying, well, how does that go up into the grades? So our school has made that commitment that it is going up into the grade levels. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I hope more schools follow this. You know, I do too. We live, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if it's the same as where you live, but you know, education kind of becomes a bit of a competitive market sometimes. And so, you know, you're trying to find your niche in, in there and people have said before, oh, are you worried that the other schools around you will copy what you're doing? And we always say, I hope they do copy what we're doing. I think like every kindergarten should be run under this premise of being outside. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and in public school systems. So it's not in, so it's not in just private schools for those who can afford it. It should be, you know, accessible to everyone. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. Like, is it hard to get into your program, to get into your school? Or is it just based on the area you're in? Um, we're So we, my school's a little bit weird. We're in Sturgeon School Division, which is kind of like just north of Edmonton, Alberta. Um, but my school actually weirdly sits within St. Albert because it used to be Sturgeon school land and we've been surrounded by a city. So we're kind of a weird little anomaly, but, um, no, it's, I, we're kind of at the point of like this year we're run, running three kindergarten programs. Some years we've run four kindergarten programs. So we open our registration and then our administration takes a look at what the, um, 
what the numbers are and bases the classes off of that. I love how you talked about, um, you know, regulating um, the kids in the outdoors, basically starting your day being outside. I think that's yeah. so important. Can you maybe talk about some more benefits of outdoor learning? Yes, absolutely. So um, we have I, I, a wide, diverse group of learners. We have kids um, who have come in who have been in preschools. We've had kids who have been at home uh, with parents before they've come to kindergarten. We've had kids who come from daycares. We have kids who are coded for different special needs. And that's, I think, our favorite part of it is it's really inclusive to, to everyone. Um, being outside, we find that is, I'm sure you find with your little ones, like you can be having the crankiest day. And then as soon as you get outside, it's like it, it instantly makes everybody happy. When there's more space, the kids we're not spending time telling them to be quiet and stop running because we're outside. That's literally what you do outside. You are supposed to run and shout and make noise, which we know that like these little five-year-olds coming into our program, they, they're not built to sit still and sit at desks. They're, they're built to be running around and making up games with each other. But those are the big benefits is then they get to direct their play. They have to learn how to problem solve with each other when you're making up a game outside. They have to learn how to follow by whatever social norms the group of children has decided is how the game is running. Um, and I, I would say our favorite part of it is the risk taking. We are very spoiled. Our school has a huge school field and we don't share it with any other school. And we have a forested area <laughs> on our school grounds. So we have like our own little, like it, it's not huge, but it's just big enough. We have our own forest area where we can go in and find bird's nests and there's squirrels in there. And one year there was like an owl during the day, like out of a Disney movie. <laughs> and, uh, um, but it's really neat because at first when we go outside, they're like, so like, what are we gonna do here? And my answer always is, I, I don't know, what are you gonna do? And that first little bit in the forest, they kind of just wander around. Like we talk about boundaries of like where we're allowed to be and safety. And then we just let them go. And they say uh, that first little bit, many of them just wander because they've been really used to um, in structured activities, adults directing their play. And now we're in the point of the year where it's like we meet in our meeting area outside and they are itching because like they've already planned out what they're doing outside in the forest like they have no interest in hanging out with me and finding out what we're doing today they're like is it free time yet because like we've got stuff to do we want to go back and work on the snowman that we were building or the bridge we were building across this like little mini ditch we have so we love watching them learn how to take risks uh because life involves risks education involves risks you can't go up through education and get into the grade levels and it's risky to raise your hand and answer a question. It's risky to try something new when you're learning how to write or learning how to spell. But we find that these kids are learning to take risks by being outside and managing it themselves. And they're okay when something doesn't work out the first time because, well, when you're building with very unstable, like logs across a ditch, rarely do you build it perfectly the first time. So we, we see as the year goes on their resilience, it just astronomically grows. 
I love how you talked about risky playing that way because we talk about it all the time here, but usually in the form of bodily autonomy. Yeah. And I love how you said raising your hand is risky or all the other yeah. things. So you're right. They're learning risk in all areas. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's sounding like, and I love this, that when they go outside, they're kind of creating their own curriculum and learning through yep. it. Yep. As they're going up in further grades, now that you're going to start it and you said they could do science outside or they could do anything. Yep somewhat do you think it will turn into a scheduled or like a, a certain curriculum but then the outdoors is just the classroom that they are in do you know what I mean I think I think our administration and us we're kind of viewing it from both sides because there is that piece where we have to get the curriculum covered and when we go outside there are times where I do a directed lesson first and then we go from there um, so I think, I think we're looking at it being that happy medium of like, almost like being outside, we're providing a provocation for them. Um, and maybe it's like a math activity or something. And then we're following their lead where it goes. I love it. I love it so much. So yeah. if you want to run over a little bit, what a typical day looks like at your school, I know you kind of expressed at least two hours outside and that kind of thing, but yeah. how does it lay out? Um, our typical day, we usually come inside and meet in our classroom first. And just because I have to do the nuts and bolts of school like attendance and things like that. And so usually we come inside and we just have some like kid choice centers. So they kind of like get to start their day chill. They chat with their friends. They tell us what, you know, what they did last night. Um, we come together as a group. It also gives us a chance to go for a bathroom break before we head outside because there's, I'm sure you know, there's nothing worse than getting a bunch of five-year-olds in snowsuits and somebody says they have to go to the bathroom. So we come in, we usually go for a bathroom break, we get everything settled, and then we talk about our plan for the day. And then immediately following that, our plan for the day, we head outside for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and in that first outside time, Sometimes we do, um, you know, a short directed activity kind of at an age appropriate level, which is, you know, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, um, but doing it outside. So like an example of that activity is one of our math curriculum goals is measurement using non-standard measurements. So it's just, do they know like bigger than, shorter than, heavier than, lighter than. And so we, we can do activities that don't really require us to take materials outside because nature has materials like can you find a stick that is longer than your finger? Can you find a stick that is shorter than your foot? Can you find a stick that is the same size as your hand? And so it doesn't really take a great deal of planning, but once we do that activity, it's neat because it kind of filters over into what they do next and they just take it further. Um, and also during that time we do um, have two beautiful playgrounds on our school grounds. So we also usually have kind of some park time. That's that a bit more traditional outside time for school. Um, and then after that, we usually head inside for a snack because that's the best thing about it is they're all starving once you've run around for an hour or 45 minutes. And so we get head in for a snack and then we usually do some sort of classroom uh, activity. And then we also get 
the thing I love about our program is in addition to getting to be outside and have all those benefits, we also get those traditional things like our kids have music class with a music teacher and we go to the library and we have gym time. And so we fit all those things in and then we have lunch together as a group and then we head out back outside for most of the afternoon is spent outdoors. And when we usually go outside in the afternoon, uh, we go to the forest, that's our forest time. And um, usually we play like a little group game and then they go off and they have their, we call it forest free time. And that's, I would guess if you surveyed mine or Heather's class, that would, they would tell you that's the best time of day is forest free time. <laughs> forest free time is my favorite time too. <laughs> it is the best time of day. Absolutely. Um, okay. So then with seasonality and adventures and learning, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the changing seasons and then how you kind of adapt your learning accordingly to that? Yes. Well, we're in Alberta, Canada and it's cold. <laughs> so cold. we just had our kindergarten open house and that is the number one question people ask. How do you go outside in the winter time? Um, what do you do if a kid doesn't love being outside in the winter time? And, uh, my answer to that is kids want to be part of a group. They are going to follow the excitement of the other kids about being outside. So that's never a concern. If a kid doesn't love being outside, we have yet to have a kid who has not learned to love the outside. Um, we actually had a child last year and we've had their older child and these are really great parents. And she said, I just don't know how he's going to do. He hates being outside. And then it was about this time of year. And she came up and she's like, I can't believe he loves being outside. He's now the one on weekends who are, is saying to them as parents, why are we sitting inside? We should go out and do something. So it's neat to see the evolution for kids um, that they can find the joy in those simple things. And it doesn't involve a screen. It doesn't involve instant gratification. It actually involves a lot of work getting yourself dressed and trudging through snow, but they can see like how fun it is. Um, so in the fall, it's great because we have our forest. We get to watch leaves change color. We are a five minute walk from a storm pond in our communities that about I don't know, 200 Canadian geese land on every day. So one day this year, we walked over just to watch the geese and there were none. And then they all showed up and we sat there for 20 minutes just watching how they land because I don't know if you've ever watched a Canada goose land, but it's hysterical. Their wings come in differently and they like tip like an airplane, like trying to land. And the kids just sat there enthralled with like, how did it happen? Why did they have to change the shape of their wing? How do they not crash into the water? So, so much learning is taking place right there. Um, and then it's neat because we get to visit it again in the winter time. Why are there no animals here? But they can see animal tracks. We have lots of like hares around. We have lots of coyotes around, which aren't there during the day, but we find their tracks. Um, so it's neat to see, to talk about the changing seasons. And then in the springtime, of course, we get like a front row seat. We get, we watch our forest come back to life. We watch the trees bud. The kids are excited actually to go out and see if the buds have turned into leaves every day. We watch the geese come back. We watch the geese have babies and little like goslings go around. Um, we love in the springtime to 
because we have it when it's a rainy day, we go on worm hunts. <laughs> see who many who can collect the most worms in a day um it's it's fun it's fun to live in a place that has changing seasons because there's something magical about watching kids experience that yes 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 <laughs> and honestly anyone who thinks that kids don't have a long attention span just have to go watch kids watch geese <laughs> And at the end of the 20 minutes, the only reason we had to go back is because like we had something else on our schedule. They would have stayed there. They literally were just perfectly content watching them land. They're squealing with delight because it was so funny to watch them. Then they got the giggles because somebody said, I hope they don't poop on us because, you know, they're <laughs> flying over our heads. So that was funny. But you're right. Kids have a really long attention. Sp it's actually amazing their attention span when they're outside because they're naturally just everything about their body is regulated in that time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I heard you saying earlier, minus 25, is that the temperature <laughs> that, cause I, we actually usually say minus 15 ish, I guess when we're talking yeah. about like our baby babies. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So what temperature will you not go outside? And then what does that look like? So our legal cutoff for our school board is minus 25, including a wind chill. Now, when it is that cold, we change up our day. So normally we go out for big chunks of time. When it is that cold, maybe we'll bundle up and we'll go out for 15 minutes, get some fresh air, have some fun, run around. But then, you know, like 15 minutes, little fingers and toes are getting cold. So we come back inside, we warm up, we do some fun things inside, and then we'll bundle up again and go outside. So on those days, the kids get a lot of practice at bundling up and taking off outer clothing. And people ask us all the time, and yes, some days it feels like an Olympic sport. <laughs> so like, I'm sure you can attest to that. You get like all bundled, you're like sweating by the time you get out. But honestly, they're motivated to get outside. And so like, they want to put their stuff on. Uh, last year, right before Christmas, we had a almost two week span of like minus 30s, you know, that good old Canadian cold snap. And of, so I have a daily schedule on our board. And of course it had no outdoor time on it. And this one little boy came up and he like plopped his head on my desk. And he's like, are you serious? We're not going outside again. <laughs> I was like, I said to him, buddy, I feel the exact same way, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to take you out when it's this cold. <laughs> right. And thankfully you're a school that does get out probably way more well for sure way more but also at way lower temperatures than a lot of yep. other schools absolutely and well they learn to bundle up for it right and sometimes those little hand warmers are the best little invention ever because we you know open them up and shake them up and we help the kids put them in their mittens and it when your hands are warm and everything else stays you know a little better <laughs> Yeah. So key message there is really just, even if it's 15 minutes outside, it's yep. still very beneficial and very important. It, it absolutely is. Even Heather's class one day this year, it was, she had put it up on our Instagram page. It was like, oh, minus 35, but they made these little bird feeders. And for like, literally like two minutes, they bundled up so they could run outside and hang them on the trees for the birds and run back in. And they were outside no longer than probably like 60 seconds but it was still worth getting them bundled up and letting them run outside and do all that. 
Absolutely. Just for the excitement alone. Oh so, yeah. They were so excited. <laughs> do you do most of the learning then in your space or do you guys do field trips or any other types of um, day trips or travel? Um, to be honest, since COVID, we haven't, this will be the first year kind of that we are going on field trips again. We like to do most of it if we can in our space um, and in our community. So we love to bring people in um, to do different activities with us or, or even have parents come in to share. Like we just had a parent this week who came in, who's a firefighter with, um, the city of St. Albert, which is where we're located. So they brought the fire truck by for the kids and we all bundled up and we went outside and we got to go on the fire truck and explore it. But we like to do activities like that, where it's like real, like it's in our community and where we live. Oh, that's such a nice way for them to come to you. Travel. There's so many places that are willing to come to you and share what they do with the kids. So nice. Yeah. Are there any cons you can see to outdoor learning? Somebody asked us this actually at our open house and we were like, I don't, I don't know that there is. It's, it's so much fun. Even for Heather and I teaching it, we'll say that like, even on a day that I don't know, we've got a lot of deadlines coming up. Cause you know, we still have to like write report cards and do all those normal deadlines. Even on those days when, you know, you're feeling a little grumpy yourself as an adult, you get outside and you're like suddenly in like fresh air and sunshine and it instantly regulates us too. So I just think for both for staff working in programs that are getting to be outside more and for the kids in it, I, I really can't see the con in it. Do you guys um, do your meals? Like you were saying you have snack time and they come inside for that, but do you guys do your meals like outdoors or how does that work? Uh, in this fall and spring, we do do picnics outside for snacks sometimes. And on, if we get like a really nice winter day, we do, we call it a snow picnic and they love it. Cause like nobody's been on a snow picnic before and they think it's hilarious. And are you seriously going to let us eat outside? And I was like, absolutely. We're going to take our snacks out. So every year, a couple of times before the, our snow disappears, which well, it doesn't happen quickly here. We have it for a long time. Um, we try and like take them outside for like a snow picnic because it's fun to get to eat outside. Um, but yeah, during the fall and spring, we sometimes we yeah, take like some blankets and we eat outside in the forest or our schoolyard actually has three beautiful like gazebo areas with picnic benches in them, which is perfect. So we can take our snack and eat outside there. <laughs> I'm going to have to incorporate that snow picnic into my repertoire. <laughs> oh yeah. Snow picnics. I'm telling you, if, if you sell it right, they think it's like the best deal that they've ever come across. Sometimes with kids, it's all about the wording. If yeah. the wording is exciting, then it's exciting. <laughs> That's exactly it. And like, like I said, most of them have never like sat outside in the snow and, you know, eaten right. their yogurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eat it before it freezes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So for your thousand hours outside that you're trying to do this year, a thousand hours ends up being about three hours a day on average. So are you including your work time? I'm curious because then you would crush it. I know it's, <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting one because, well, I really like order and organization. So I'm like very analytical and I'm like, okay, my own children get this much recess time at school a day. And so I'm trying to like, so I probably actually get more outside time sometimes than they do because they're in older grades. Um, 
but I'm kind of doing it as an average. So I average in their outside time at school. And then I also average in what we kind of spend outside around here. Um, luckily, we live on a crescent with some other kids that are my kids' ages. So it's great. There's a little gang of them that all call on each other almost every day after school and spend time outside doing whatever children do outside when they're at the ages where they can go without being supervised, which is you guys are in the baby stage, but let me tell you, it's like magical when you can let children go outside by themselves. Um, Cause one of mine is 10. So she's kind of old enough to kind of be out there and let us know if there's a problem. Um, so we're trying to do our thousand hours outside. Uh, I don't know if we'll make it, but I think it's one of those challenges that even if you fail, you don't really fail, which is the best part of it. Uh, of course, in our climate, it's a little bit easier come spring and summer to be outside a lot more. Yeah, and stock up on those hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have to stock up on them there. Yes, you win either way with that challenge for sure. I love the yeah. thousand hours outside challenge. I um, do so. Yeah. What is the absolute favorite thing that you do? My favorite thing of what I do for work is... Probably I love that we believe in a child-led play-based learning model. Um, I feel passionately about that. So does Heather, the other kindergarten teacher who works with me. We just both feel like that's how kids naturally learn. They learn when they're directing their own learning. Um, and so it's really neat to, we are there and we're there to, help and guide them along. But children are naturally curious. Children are naturally learners. We don't need to be worried that kids aren't going to learn because they want to learn. They're constantly asking questions. And so I would say that's my favorite part about it is just trusting in the process that kids, allowing kids that personal autonomy over um, their learning, that it works and we see results and we see them excited about all the traditional things like letters and sounds and math and counting, but in a different way than sitting down and doing paper and pencil worksheets. And saying that, do you think that this could transfer to older grades beyond grade three? I know you said it's going to go to grade three, but do you think yeah. one day it could go to grade six or grade nine? Or... I think it could actually some of our, um, we just actually talked about it as like a whole staff and, uh, some of our grade four, five, and six teachers were like, what do you mean it's only going to grade three? Like, why is it, why aren't you including us in this? And our administration actually said, well, I'm not, I'm not limiting it to anybody. I'm just saying like, this is where we're starting. This is kind of what we're promoting that we are, this is what we believe to grade three, but you four five and six teachers, if you want to be doing it too, then we would love you to be a part of it also. So our older grade teachers are already starting to talk about that like how could it look in those grade four five and six age groups um and for some of them my own daughter my kids go to my school that I work at I'm so lucky that I get to go to work and have them there and be a mom it's kind of the perfect balance uh but my oldest oldest is in grade uh five at my school and last week they just went for a walk just for the joy of going for a walk as a class, just getting outside and enjoying some time. And, um, and her teacher even said, she's like, Oh, it was so nice. It was just nice to 
be outside and you're not managing kids when you're outside. <laughs> yes. We actually were chatting with a homeschool mom recently, and she was saying that when she was a teacher, one of her biggest things she realized was that the majority of your time is spent doing classroom management. Yeah. I think when you take away the walls, you probably take away a big part of You need very little of that management. I mean, there are still times, like, don't get me wrong. There are still times you have to, you know, put some, some guidelines in place to keep kids safe, but really and truly they manage themselves out there. They, they manage their games. We play in the forest every day and I laugh all the time. Cause like, don't play with sticks. You're going to poke somebody's eye out. <laughs> we have yet to have a child lose an eye in our program. Like, right. and they play with sticks all the live long day. Like that's what okay. they do with them. They build with them. They carry giant logs together and they have to work together. Last week, we actually had a conversation on climbing trees and what do we think some of the guidelines should be for climbing trees? So we talked about it and these five-year-olds had awesome ideas. Like you shouldn't stand underneath somebody climbing a tree because if they slip, you're going to get landed on. Um, we should make sure when we're climbing a tree that we test out the branch to make sure it's strong enough to hold us before we put our foot on there. So they're coming up with these safety guidelines yeah and the problem solving instead of me being like well I'm the teacher and these are the rules it's neat because they can come up with that themselves kids are bright they're smart they they don't want to get hurt either <laughs> well I love that you are creating the environment where this is possible I could ask a million more questions but is there anything else that you wanted to add today uh no I just I thank you for having me on and and also just thank you for your podcast. We love, uh, Heather and I love listening to podcasts about outdoor learning because uh, it's not necessarily mainstream yet. So it's fun to listen to people's podcasts and get different ideas of what to do outside um, or just even inspiration or sometimes just like that reinforcement, like, yes, this is really a good thing, even though it's maybe not the mainstream idea of what school looks like. I can only hope that every school adopts your model. I think it's really amazing what you're doing for kids. And thank you for sharing today. And where can people find you and or your school to follow along? So we are on Instagram, specifically our open air kindergarten is called open air kindergarten on Instagram, or they can follow us on Instagram at Sturgeon Heights School. And that's our whole school account for everything going on. Awesome. I will link that up in the show notes. And now let's end with our final questions. Oh, yes. <laughs> so in the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Okay, I have two for you. One a personal one and one a school one. Oh, perfect. Uh, personally, I didn't buy this, but it was gifted to me. But it, it falls within the guidelines. My brother bought me a heated vest. Um, if you don't own heated vests, I'm telling you, my mom now owns one. Um, another person I work with now owns one. It has a rechargeable battery in the pocket and you just charge it up all the time. You pop it in, you turn your vest on. It has three heat settings because kids generally stay warm outside because they basically sprint around the whole time they're outside. Yes. But sometimes adults, we get, we're the ones who get cold first and uncomfortable. And so I have a heated vest. So on those cold days, I pop it underneath my snowsuit and turn it on. And it just keeps me kind of nice and warm and toasty. And it makes being outside a lot of fun and enjoyable. 
I did not know that existed. Thank you for sharing. It really does exist and they're the best. Game changer. <laughs> and my, I would say our favorite purchase, Heather and I were talking about this, our favorite purchase for kindergarten outside is uh, last year at Costco, we bought those little like travel hammocks. I'm not sure if you own these. They're the best. They are about this big when they're all packaged up along with like the carabiners and everything you need to hang them. Our kindergarten kids can help unpack and untangle them. We wind the cords up around the trees for them and they clip them on. And it's, they're just so much fun. We bring books outside. So kids sit and they like read and look at books. Um, sometimes they just lay in them and swing, which is like super regulating when you're having kind of a rough day. Uh, they're washable. They are like, I think they were under $30 at Costco and you just like pack them back in their bag when you're done and you're good to go again. That is the perfect adventure item. Thank you for both those suggestions. <laughs> Can you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now? Well, my favorite podcast probably is a thousand hours outside. I'm sure you subscribe to it. I just, I love her guests. I love her take on child development. Um, I love it as a parent and as a teacher. And uh, my two, my book recommendations is like my favorite book is There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. Um, I just think as a parent or as a teacher, it has so much good information in it. And I think it maybe puts your mind at ease a little bit that we don't have to have our kids in a million activities to enrich their life, that just being outside is enriching in and of itself. That is a perfect reminder. Yes. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? Uh, definitely New Zealand. <laughs> um, I don't know why. When I lived in Japan, my roommate was from New Zealand. And that's kind of when it hit the radar. Um, and the little, my little family who lived below me in my apartment building. And I was a young 22-year-old on her own for the first time. And they just like adopted me into their family. They're from New Zealand also. So I've seen just lots of pictures from it. And it just looks, I don't know, it just looks peaceful and beautiful and maybe a little bit untouched compared to other places in the world. So yeah, that would be my, that would be my place. Answer. Wonderful answer. Well, thank you so much for this today. I really appreciate everything you shared. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And like I said, thanks for doing this podcast and encouraging other people to get outside, especially you guys with like little babies. It's, it's so encouraging because it's pretty easy to say, well, I can't because I have this baby and I can't because of a schedule. So I love watching you guys get outside. And I think it's really encouraging to other people that you can, you can do it with little babies and it's actually really good for them. Thank you for saying that. Yes. I think once you get over that first hurdle of like doing it with the first baby and then doing it with two kids and then doing it with three kids or whatever it is, it's like at you as the parent or you as the teacher, if you can do it, then you can do it. <laughs> you, you can absolutely do that. And I love that. Like in the book, there's no such thing as bad weather. That's what they said that when parents lead kids will follow. Yes. So if we lead them outside, they're going to follow us outside. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at kids who explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.